Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and I'm pleased to say I'm joined by my record sport colleagues, Michael Gannon and Liam Bryce, to discuss all the latest news surrounding the hoops. Starting the course with last night's Champions League draw with Shakhtar Donetsk in Poland. Guys, how are we all doing, first of all? All good, good, thanks, Fraser. How are we doing, boys? Not too bad, mate, not too bad. Uh, Mate, let's just get straight into it. What was your thoughts on last night? It's quite a, a strange one to kind of sum up. Was it? Um, do you see that one-one draw as a missed opportunity for Celtic or a foothold that uh, that sort of increases their chances of qualifying for this group? It's probably a bit of both. I, mean, I think a point on the road in Champions League is is always decent. Um, I think the performance was good. Uh, a lot of positives to take from it. Um, they should have won the game by room to spare. I mean, they were they were. Um, they should have been out of sight, really. I mean, the chances they created, the kind of dominance, apart from maybe a 10-minute spell after they conceded, I think Celtic were completely dominant. Um, so I think it, it will be seen as a bit of a chance missed. Um, but I, I think it keeps them fighting in the group. I think they are in with a good a good chance. Um, I think Real Madrid will run away with it now, which is no bad thing. And I think the other three teams will scrap it out. And I think seven or eight points should get European football beyond Christmas. I think seven points would be enough to get into the Europa League. Eight points could be enough to get into the last sixteen, which would be an incredible achievement. Um, and I think, I think Celtic are in with a good shout. They might. I mean, they should have won. They should have won last night. I mean, they played well enough to, to win the game. They just lacked that wee bit of quality in the final third. Um, but if they had that wee bit of quality in the final third, they wouldn't be. These guys wouldn't be at Celtic. This is the thing. It's like if if. Dyson Maida had a final touch that scored 25 goals. Celtic wouldn't have him. If Jota could beat eight men and put it in the top corner every time, he wouldn't be at Celtic. If Jackie Marcus can spin in that last-minute chance and stick it in the top corner every time, he'd be Alfie, he'd be uh, Italing Haaland. Wouldn't he be having Jackie Marcus? <laughs> so it, it, it's, I get the fact that they've, they've missed chances that they've got to take at that level, but I think the performance was enough to suggest that they can, can more than compete and they're right in the fight for this one. Yeah, I find that quite ironic that we're talking about the finishing and the, the quality in the final third being the problem. After the last month where Celtic have averaged about 25 goals in every domestic match, we're obviously exaggerating a bit there, but Ange Postacoglu was caught in quite a frustrated figure, I, I thought, at the end of that game last night. Do you think he'll be concerned by the, the finishing last night, or is it was it that just a one-off? No, I don't think he'd be you would be concerned. I mean, certainly not in a, a domestic a domestic sense. Um, you know, Celtic are probably I mean they created a lot of chances last night, but in, in any given, you know, domestic match you'd probably think they'll get at least double that. Um, you know, and it's again it's about the level. It's it's the level that they're they're playing at and it's the level that they're 
I think it's kind of important to remember, you know, they're, they're still adjusting to, you know, it's a step up for a lot of these players. And it's, it's a, again, it's a completely different proposition to what they, you know, what they, what they face week in, week out in Scotland. And it's just about taking these, you know, the lessons really, you know, last week against Real Madrid, it was what these teams, these big teams can do to you out of, out of nothing really, you know, Real Madrid, they didn't do an awful lot in the game last week, and then Celtic playing really well, and then kind of out of nowhere they they scored those two goals and took complete control of the game. And then this week, I think it, the lesson is, I mean, it's, it's an obvious one that you do need to take your chances. Um, if you're going to create that amount, you need to be able to put them away. And they were just, they were, it, it was fine margins. You know, they were inches away. Where a few of them, you know, Jack and Marcus, I think most of the time you'd expect them to put that away. Maeda, he's not, he's really not far away from getting on the end of that cross. Um, so, I mean, I think you can understand the frustration for Ange Postacogo because, I mean, certainly in the context of the 90 minutes, it's a game that they should have they should have won. I don't think you'll find many people disputing that. Um, but in a wider context, you know, I think you've got to, you look at the bigger picture for Celtic, you know, last year, you know, they didn't make much of an impact at all in Europe. Um, a, couple, a couple of decent showings, um, but overall, the results were quite poor. Um, and now here we are, you know, a, a year later, talking about them as, you know, a lot of people, you're hearing a lot of people saying, I don't think they're far off, you know, being, you know, not, you know, nobody expect them to go into the, the, the latter stages of the Champions League. But, you know, they look as though they belong in the group stage now. It doesn't look, you know, a, a team who, you know, last year were getting battered off a Bayer Leverkusen at home. Um, and they went out to Bodo Glimt in the Conference League with a bit of a whimper. Um, so to come from that to where they are now, there's been obvious improvement. So I think you can understand Postacoglu being frustrated in the context of the 90 minutes, but I don't think he'll be too, he'll be too disheartened with what he saw. I think he's, you know, he said it himself. I think if they keep playing like that, the rewards will come. But it's just about adjusting to the demands at this level, and that's not just keeping goals out uh, at their own at their own end. It's uh, it's putting these chances away and being ruthless. When, when they come along because you know Shakhtar you know as much as they didn't impress last night they had one clear cut chance really I felt and they took it maybe the one Shved had but you know that was disallowed correctly uh, so that's it it's, it's fine margins but I think I think overall Postacoglu and the fans I think they'll, they'll be pleased with where they're at at this level even if you know he's coming away for these two games thinking we could maybe have a bit more points on the board I go along with that there's been Obvious, clear, and rapid progression for last year. Do you think? I mean, that these Champions League groups are over in the blinking eye, and it's got the double header coming up now with, with a Leipzig side that maybe were looking weak, but turned round and scudded Dortmund in their domestic football eh, last weekend, which is maybe a bit worrying. Do, do you think Celtic's chances of progressing all come down to this double header, and would would they be happy with four points? Would you think? Oh, it's not the handoff for four points. Um, you got a point in Germany and three points at Parkhead. They would be absolutely snap the handoff for it and put them in a good position. Um, I think they're more than capable of doing that. I mean, I think Leipzig uh, a good side. Um, I don't think they're particularly terrifying. Um, I know they're good result of the weekend. It's, I mean, the magic sack last week. Um, I think by all accounts last night against Real, they kind of camped in a bit. A bit like, I mean, the Real, again, did the, the Real Madrid always do? They just hang on there and then produce moments of quality. Their two goals last night were sensational at the end as well. Another couple of crackers. Um, so 
it, it's crucial. I think three points. I think if they can they can get three points in these two games, I think they're still in the fight. Um, Leipzig, I've been losing at home. Shakhtar was a bad one for them. But then Shakhtar dropped points at home to, to Celtic. So I think these three teams are all going to scrap it out. And it's going to be tight right the way through. Listen, there could be a scenario City get a point in Germany, three points at home at Leipzig and beat um, Shakhtar at the park. And they could be pretty much home and dry by game of spare. Could happen. Um, yeah. I think they're right in the fight. I think that's, that scenario could un- unfold. I mean, it will do- make it down to the last kind of, um, last kind of game. Um, don't really want to go to the Bernabeu looking to get points right enough to qualify. <laughs> um, well, they, 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 should be, they should be out of sight by that point, I'd imagine, because they are so far ahead of everyone else in the group. Um, it's frightening, but no, I think that I think I think they're in the fight. I think this year, I think expectation levels should be should be kind of I'm not saying low, but it's it's possibly called in this squad's first crack at the Champions League. I think already they've shown that they can equip themselves quite well. Um, I don't see anything to suggest that there's anything to be scared of in the next two games or the next three games either. Um, I think they'll compete in all those games. It might not go for them. They might lose. They might be narrow defeats. Might they might win. Might draw. Um, but I think they're on they're on the, the kind of thrill ride, and I think they're going to be in it right to the right to the end. It's not going to be um, a kind of 12, 13 point or 10 point second place um, group, I don't think. So they're going to be in the fight. So I, I a lot too positive. I certainly I thought last night was just one of their best performances away in the Champions League ever, to be honest with you. I can't think of a game away from home in this this level they've, they've dominated as much as they had last night. It was um it was, it was an all round good display. Just missing that wee bit of quality, I think Liam touched on it. So if they get 25, 30 chances on goal every week, they take four or five of them, it looks a battering. You might get seven, eight, nine, ten at this level. And it's harder to take that proportion, do you know what I mean? So it's always going to be, I mean, certainly miss a lot of chances at home as well, but just that they don't get punished. But at this level, you do. But uh, no, I think, I think they've shown enough to, to, I think at the moment, they've shown enough to suggest that they're the, they're the second best team in the group. Yeah, do you, do you go on with that, Liam? I think well, coming in, sorry, I, I think coming in this group, Liam, a, a lot, maybe not the majority, but a lot of the Celtic fans would have settled for finishing third and dropping into Europa League. Do you think now that uh, the, they are the, the team, the front runners, basically, to, to finish second and, and go into the latter stages of the Champions League? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they've shown enough over the, the two games. Um, I think to suggest that they can they can go and do it. I think the next game will be um, coming up against Leipzig will be crucial in that I think it will give as a sort of better sense of where of where Leipzig are in this group in terms of being contenders because obviously they took a bit of a heavy one off of Shakhtar um, in the first game, um, but I think there's been kind of from what I've read, and I'm not claiming to be you know an expert on Leipzig, but from what I've read and what I, you know I saw them in that game. It kind of chimes, and I've seen people say that you know there was maybe an element of the the the, uh, the tools had been had been downed under the old manager uh, Tedesco. I think he was he was already on his way out at that point. Um, so they've obviously the Marco Rosas come in, and then they've went and turned over Dortmund, um, who are obviously who are obviously no mugs. Um, and then again, the game in the Bernabeu, it's probably the same for every team in this group. It's about going out there and trying to hang on. Uh, they didn't quite manage that. It took sort of Madrid's brilliance as it did at Celtic Park to undo them. So I think by the time next next game comes around, it will be you know Leipzig will have a bit of time under the new manager, and we'll maybe see where they're at in terms of you know 
was that first game against Shakhtar, was that a bit of a false representation of how good this side are? Um, and are they going to be sort of serious contenders? Um, you know, obviously we saw them against Rangers last year and you could tell they were, tell they were a good side, um, even though, you know, Rangers get the better of them in the end. Um, but, you know, that's kind of all kind of ifs and buts at the moment. Uh, based on what I've seen so far, Celtic, I don't think, you know, there should be any, you know, trepidation about these these next games coming up. You know, the, they showed last night, I think that they're a better side than, than Shakhtar. Um, you know, it wasn't, I don't think, you know, it was a case of Shakhtar were just totally content to let Celtic have all the play and, uh, you know, try and hit them on the counter because they didn't, they didn't really do that apart from the, the one occasion. Um, Shakhtar, I can't really remember Joe Hart having a save to make other than when he conceded the goal. Uh, so I think you, you saw enough there to suggest that they're a better side than Shakhtar, who were good enough to put four goals past Leipzig again. Don't really know quite where they were at at that point. But I think, why not? You know, as Michael said, you know, they came in and the expectations were understandably you know, quite low, um, given how long it had been since they'd been in a competition and how they fared in Europe last year. And it was just, they were a bit of an unknown quantity because everybody could, you know, tell how much better, how you know, far they'd come under Postacoglu in the past year domestically, but we just didn't really know how that would translate to European level. But I think there's been enough evidence in the two games that they can, you know, you know, start to think, you know, we can do a bit of damage in this group. I think the I two performances know. have shown that they've got they've got enough to go and turn somebody over, I think. It's no hanging about. Let's talk about Haksabanovich then. Um bit of surprise starter, I thought when I saw his name in the the team sheet coming in for for a badder. Were you surprised, Mick? Uh, he certainly played his part and had had a role in the goal as well. Um, were you surprised to see him thrown in for the start? And what, what did you make of his performance? I was a little bit surprised to see him chucked in. Yeah, I must admit. Um, but I thought I thought he looked apart. I thought he was good. I was a wee bit surprised that they got taken off at half time. Um, I thought he was he was a threat. I thought he looked 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 really decent. Um, People I spoke to rave about him. I think he's a, a real talent. I think um, from what I can gather, he's 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 got bags of ability, and I don't think he's particularly shy either. I think he's um, he's he's quite confident, lad, by all accounts as well. Um, no, I thought he was really good. I mean, understand maybe, maybe tired a bit, uh, having not played rough a lot and missed a lot of preseason as well. Um, but no, I thought he I thought he looked really promising signing. Um, the good thing about Celtic, I think. The gap between their kind of starting team and their and their, their changes isn't particularly high now. So, I mean, listen, we all know that Celtic after an hour look a bit gassy, but and understandably the way they start games is, is ferocious. But they're now. I mean, last night at a time Celtic looked as though they were running out of puff. The changes they made regained the impetus again and and the, and the domination. Um, we made a coming on, Abada and Moy and all these guys Turnbull. It didn't. It, it, it gave Celtic another gear to find for the final half an hour. And they were completely dominant at the end of the game, which people maybe don't expect to see Celtic still going strong after ninety minutes. The way they play, um, but I thought last night was a different kind of performance. I think the first half was the usual Alamo charge that you get from Celtic at the start of the games. The second half was a more controlled, pressurised performance. I thought it was pretty good, um, and I think it's, a, it's quite telling. The Shakhtar manager was delighted with a point. I mean, I think he said. I think he said that Celtic, listen, Celtic was showed against Real Madrid, a serious threat. Um, you don't get many managers who will be delighted to get a point against the team that are bought four seeds. So it, it shows that the other teams now are noticing that Celtic are a real threat in this in this group. 
Uh, and they should be confident because they've got players that can hurt teams. I still think defensively there's some slight concerns. I mean, the goal, I don't think there's an awful lot they could do about the goal last night. Uh, I think it was just a, a really incisive, quick counter-attack. I mean, the, the, the boy, is it Mudia? They're talking about 30, 35 million quid. Different class. I mean, absolutely rapid. But then again, the second half, we're putting on um, kind of Maida. I think that, that helped keep him kind of quieter um, as well. I just think they've got the tools to hurt teams. It just depends on defensively. I think they are susceptible to the break. Um, but if teams are set up penned back in and they're getting battered, the, the, the chances of having the energy to break are reduced as well. So, no, I think they're, they're well in their shout. Liam, just going back to Haksabanovic, when he's fully up to speed, as Mick rightly says, he looks he looks like he's uh, confident on the ball. He's no, no fear to, to get on the ball and make his, an impression. Where do you see him fitting into this team? Um, do you see him becoming a regular feature of the starting eleven? Mm, well, this is what I thought was kind of interesting last night. He started off the left, and unless I'm I'm wrong, which I could be, is he he's possibly he's come in on the left um, for all these substitute appearances as well. Um, but the, what I thought, and I don't know if it's just you know if it was just this one-off game, but sometimes I look at Jota going to the right-hand side and feels as if he's maybe not quite as effective. I thought he came into the game a lot more in the second half when he moved um, when he moved over to the left after Haksabanovic came off. Um, so, I mean, I think you'd, you'd have to put Jota as, you know, number one choice for the left-hand side. Um, and I think Haksabanovic will have to show an awful an awful lot to uh, displace him. But I think, you know, one of the, the reasons I remember Ange Postacoglu talking about bringing him in was that he wanted a player who could play across the forward line, who could give him options uh, left, right and centre. Um, so it'll be interesting to see maybe if he, if as time goes on, um, he he tries him perhaps on the right or, or through the middle. Um, so, I mean, I think he's, as Michael says, he's, he looks, you know, that he's got quality um, for the, you know, for the Celtic goal. Um, he's made the right decision. He's been composed on the ball. His timing in the pass was great. Um, I think he put a shift in as well. I think the reason he came off was maybe he was he is just maybe a wee bit short of match fitness. Um, and I think when you play um, in that Celtic side, um, the way they start games, it probably could be a bit of a shock um, to somebody who's not quite um, as used to it. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure um, with him at the moment. I, I can't see him in the in the immediate term, displacing Jota, unless you know he really hits the ground um, flying in the next few weeks. So I'd be interested to see him, maybe on the right hand side um, or in behind the striker, um, to see what he can offer from there. Because I do think Jota's better on the left hand side. Aye, well, speaking of a new boys, there's also an old boy that's uh, sprung to prominence the last couple of weeks. What what you made of this kind of rebirth of Marian Sved, Mick? Do you think he was uh, hard done by at Celtic because he certainly never really got a chance, did he? No, I was, I was at the the match when uh, after the game and Ben Rogers came out and said they've got a million wingers after they signed. It was as uh, well at that time when, when, when Ben Rogers was dropping grenades at press conferences on a regular basis, um, almost signposting that he was on his way out. <clears throat> um, so it's not a great not a great start when the guy signed you says oh, I've got a million wingers and then he quickly leaves. I think he's done. I, I've spoken to people in Belgium about him. Apparently, he was he was he was good for for Michelin. And he did really well. 
Um, I think he, I think it was okay. I don't think he was great last night. To be fair, I thought it was okay. I mean, he, he, he kind of scuffed that chance before he put it away. Yeah. They were drilled out for for offside and the ball um, the ball out. Um, it was it was all right. I don't think he was particularly fantastic. I don't think he's better than the than the, the million wingers still they have now. Well, that's the point, isn't it? So he's no one. He's no. He's not going to be one that got away. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Listen, they got their money back from. Um, didn't quite work out, but I, I don't think he's not any better than than than, than uh, Jota or Bader, Hachizmanovic or, or Meda or Forrest for that matter. Um, so it's oh, five. Not when you put it like that, eh? it's quite it take some five wingers that I think he's he's going to find it hard to uh, displace. Um, but I must admit, everyone thought he was going to score last night. I mean, I think I think we put the ball back in the net. It was a sense of inevitability. Um, <laughs> it was a surprise that it got it ruled out. But uh, no, nah, I don't think I don't think he's one that got away. I think Celtic. That's that's one. I mean, the Celtic are equipped all over the pitch, but certainly in the wide areas. Um, and we talked about Haksavanovic, he will get game time because the way that, that Postacoglu plays, his wingers get flogged to within an inch of their lives. So he, he will be certain games when he plays 60 minutes and crawls off, or the games makes off the bench for 30 minutes and, 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 and takes on teams when they're starting to tire, as does with all the wingers. The only one really that plays, I mean, Jota sometimes, I mean, he gets a move when he is, when he is exhausted usually, but Jota's the one that I think that plays most weeks. Um, Rather than starting on a bench, but the rest of them, I think, will take their turn starting on the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, but they're well equipped, and they're all and they're all much. Of a, they're all different. But they all bring a different, and they all bring different kind of traits. Uh, so it'll be horses for courses in different games. But now they'll all they'll all play a part this season because because of the nature of the way they play. There's obviously the inevitable injuries as well that you would never wish on anyone. But I mean, having so many options there, uh, it will be crucial come the the kind of. Well, after the World Cup's over, when the, the fixtures are coming thick and fast. But getting back to the domestic uh, league then, looking forward to the weekend and a trip to St Mirren. Liam, uh, before we talk about the St Mirren game, obviously 17 goals in the last three domestic matches. It has made a lot of headlines, a lot of folk talking about it. Do you think we're starting to see the fruits of Harry Kuehl's influence at Celtic? Um. Possibly, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was a, it was obviously a really interesting appointment, and I think uh, to bring in somebody like him when you have got such an emphasis on wide play and how your wingers impact the game, um, it seemed like a sensible move at the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the you know the 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 numbers uh, certainly suggest that he's that he's having an impact because you know the likes of Jota, Abada. I've all started the season um, like a train, um, so I think you know you've you've got to suspect that you know Kuehl is behind that to, to at least some extent. Um, but I think just you know, kind of all over the all over the pitch, they've been excellent, um, and it's it's sort of testament to to Postacoglu as well. It's like I think if he's if he gets a hit rate with his coaching staff, anything like he has bringing in players, then I, I think he'd back you to do quite a good job. That's a good point. Mick, you work closely with Celtic day-to-day basis. Yeah. What, what is Harry Kuehl's role there? Does he work specifically with strikers or is it a more general first-team coach? I think it's pretty general, to be honest with you. Um, I think, uh, I mean... Listen, he's, a, he's been a manager in his own right, a coach and all that stuff. So, yeah, he's, he's bringing a lot of experience in, um, as a player and coach to, to the, the setup. It's a bit like, 
I find it quite amusing sometimes. Like when Celtic lose a goal from a corner kick, they go, "Oh, John Kennedy, he's the one to blame." No, as if John Kennedy just spends all day just just drilling centre halves for corner kicks and all that kind of thing. And it's it's not quite it's not quite the case. Um, they all have their own um, skill set and experience, but they're all coaches in their own right um, and bring a lot to the a lot to the party. So I don't think Harry Kill just just working with the attacking players. Um, the way Celtic play, obviously, they're so attack-minded. Everything Celtic does is attack-minded. So they're all attacking coaches. When you get when you get full-backs that play as midfield players and wingers as well, centre-halves that step in as well, the whole the whole setup is attack-minded. And Kuehl, and, and um, I think I think a lot of him is, is also learning from, from Postacoglu as well. He's keen to kind of hitch his wagon to, to, to Ange Postacoglu and learn from him. So he's also benefiting from the relationship. I think he's bringing a lot to the, to the group, but I think he's also he's benefiting as well um, from from working with the uh, with the manager. Um, but it all seems to be all going swimmingly for Celtic right now. It's all going pretty well. It's a, a pretty smooth machine domestically. You think they're going to get confidence from these European games? The fact that they, they did go toe to toe with Real Madrid for an hour, the fact that they're giving Shakhtar a chasing for the ninety minutes the other night, it. it that confidence is going to translate into the domestic game as well, and I don't see any kind of respite for teams that are going to face Celtic because they're just creating so many chances and they're playing at an intensity that you can't see. You can't really see the, the, the stodgy games you get sometimes in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could be wrong; it could be a stodgy one on Sunday. So I'm a well-drilled outfit as well. But if Real Madrid to a defensive-minded European team. For all their abilities, Real are actually quite a defensive team. Yep, yep. If they can't keep Celtic at bay in terms of creating guilt edge chances, then I don't think I don't think unfortunately teams from Scotland are going to have much hope either. Um so yeah, I think it's um it's all going pretty smooth right now. Over at the buddies then to, to try and prove us wrong. But I suppose that there was drop points in Paisley last season, round about Christmas time, Liam. So no need for a reminder of the importance of the bread and butter stuff to, to this Celtic team. Do, do you see them having any problems uh, against St Mirren at the weekend? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I think on, on paper and the way they've been blowing teams away, um, you know, you, it's kind of hard to, to look at any domestic game at the moment and you know reasonably predict that somebody might you know take something off them. I mean. You don't know. I mean, <laughs> they will have an off day at some point. Um, you know, to you know, to be at your absolute best for thirty-eight games a season, um, it generally doesn't happen. Uh, and as Michael said, you know, certain well, well organised side, um, they might be able to trouble them. I don't know, but it'll take Celtic to probably have an off day and for some men to play at somewhere near their maximum. But at the moment, with the confidence in the team, and as Michael said, with the the confidence they'll take from these European games, it's it's hard to see anybody getting near them at the moment. You expect changes, Mick? Do you expect uh, maybe another another chance to get eight, 70, 80 minutes into Haksibanovic, or do you think he'll be rested? Perhaps. I, I don't think there'll be massive changes. I think it's the last game for international break, um, so there's no real need to kind of... To kind of rest. I mean, obviously, last weekend they were without a game, um, so I don't think there's any real need to kind of resting up any weary limbs right now. I think I think Celtic will be thinking right full throttle into international break with another 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 victory. And then they can reflect on where they are. So I, I, I think I don't see it being a kind of uh wholesale changes. And as I said before, the, but the changes Celtic can make now doesn't really weaken the team. They went, they went to they went to Ross County midweek in the cup 
a few weeks ago, and it was um, nine changes, and you wouldn't really notice that it was a, it was a, it was a kind of, it wouldn't even call it a second string, that's for sure. Um, we've still got to see Oliver Abeldegard, is that what mm-hmm. um, Excuse my, my Danish. Um, <laughs> well, not to see him at the weekend, I think it might be after the break before they, they see him again, he's not had an awful lot of football. Uh, so far, but isn't that's an interesting one if, if he comes in at some point. Uh, but I just think with the the one game to go for the international break, I think it'll be hell for leather. One last game, and then they can sit back a bit, and some of the boys can get a rest. Yeah, William, international break coming at a, a bad time. Do you think, or will Postecoglou be quite glad for that chance to sit back and take stock? Um, I don't know. Really, I I think he'd probably would want to keep this momentum going, wouldn't he? You know, it's been a blistering start to the season. Um, they've you know, absolutely come out the blocks flying. Um, so I think, you know, to to interrupt that um, with players going away at an international duty, it's probably not what he would want. And obviously there's the, you know, there's the ever-present fear for domestic managers when they, you know, the players pack up and go away with their international teams. They're just kind of, sitting waiting for them all to, to come back in one piece. Um, so, no, I think there's such a feel-good factor around Celtic at the moment, you know, from the players, manager, fans, it's, go, it's going right the way through. Uh, so, no, it's probably not what they want, um, but, it's, you know, these international breaks are a, they're a fact of life, unfortunately, for uh, domestic football anyway. Um, but, no, aye, it's, it's it's not coming at the, the best of times for them, but I don't think it will we'll see it's too much of a um, too much of a problem. I think you'll be confident they can pick up exactly where they left off once the break's over. Assuming everybody comes back fit, which you'll have his you'll have his fingers crossed for. Nice one, lads. Okay, though, time to wrap up at that. I think. Um, don't forget, you can keep up with all the Celtic uh, news or the latest Celtic news. More reaction to last night's draw in Poland and build up to the weekend fixture against St Mirren at DailyRecord.co.uk. Guys, thanks very much for joining us again. And until the next time, goodbye.